Good day to you. Hope you're having a wonderful day. We are reading in the book of Genesis. Now, last time we read chapter 37. Now, chapter 37 was all about Joseph. Okay, And in the, in the end, his brothers sold him into slavery to some people who took him down to Egypt and sold him to Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh and the captain of the royal guard. Now, if you're familiar with Joseph's story, you know where that's going to go. However, first, we have this chapter, chapter 38, and this is going to be more about Judah. All right, so this is Genesis chapter 38. I am reading from the Amplified Bible. Now, at that time, Judah left his brothers and went down to stay with a certain Adolamite named Hira. There, Judah saw a daughter of Shua, a Canaanite. And he took her as his wife and lived with her. So she conceived and gave birth to a son, and Judah named him Ur. That's just E-R, Ur. Then he, oh, sorry. Then she conceived again and gave birth to a son and named him Onan. Again she conceived and gave birth to still another son and named him Shelah. It was at Chezib that she gave birth to him. Now Judah took a wife for Ur, his firstborn. Her name was Tamar. But Ur, Judah's firstborn, was evil in the sight of the Lord, and the Lord killed him in judgment. Then Judah told Onan, Go into your brother's widow and perform your duty as a brother-in-law under the Leverite marriage custom Be her husband and raise children for the name of your brother. Now, this was an old custom, and I believe that this actually became a part of uh, the law, if I remember correctly. I think we've seen that mentioned before. Um, Anyway, we we do see this mentioned even in the New New Testament, I remember now. So, definitely, you know, this, this was a custom of theirs that if your brother died childless, that you would you know, that you would be, try to act in his stead with his wife to uh, further your brother's line and his children. I know it's a kind of an odd concept to us nowadays, but uh, but that was the way they looked at it. So let's see. Um, so be her husband and raise children for the name of your brother. Onan knew that the child heir would not be his, but his dead brother's. So whenever he lay with his brother's widow, he spilled his seed on the ground to prevent conception, so that he would not give a child to his brother. But what he did was displeasing in the sight of the Lord, therefore he killed him also in judgment. Then Judah said to Tamar, his daughter-in-law, Remain a widow at your father's house until Shelah, my youngest son, is grown. But he was deceiving her, for he thought that if Shelah should marry her, he too might die like his brothers did. So Tamar went and lived in her father's house. But quite a while later, Judah's wife, the daughter of Shua, died. And when the time of mourning was ended, he went up to his sheep shearers at Timnah with his friend Hira the Adolamite. Tamar was told, Listen, your father-in-law is going up to Timnah to shear his sheep. So she removed her widow's clothes and covered herself with a veil 
and wrapped herself up in skies and sat in the gateway of Ina, Inaim, or Inaim, I well, okay, it's one of those I can't say very well, which is on the road to Timnah. For she saw that Shelah had grown up, and she had not been given to him as a wife, as Judah had promised. When Judah saw her, he thought she was a temple prostitute, for she had covered her face as such women did. He turned to her by the road and said, Please come, let me lie with you. For he did not know that she was his daughter-in-law. And she said, What will you give me that you may lie with me? He answered, I will send you a young goat from the flock. And she said, Will you give me a pledge as a deposit until you send it? He said, What pledge shall I give you? She said, Your seal and your cord and the staff that is in your hand. So he gave them to her and was intimate with her, and she conceived by him. Then she got up and left, and removed her veil and put on her widow's clothing. When Judah sent the young goat by his friend the Adolamite to get his pledge back from the woman, he was unable to find her. He asked the men of that place, Where is the temple prostitute who was by the roadside at Enam? They said, There was no prostitute here. So he returned to Judah and said, I cannot find her. Also the local men said, There was no prostitute around here. Then Judah said, Let her keep the things, pledge articles, for herself. Otherwise, we will be a laughingstock searching everywhere for her. After all, I sent this young goat, but you did not find her. About three months later, Judah was told, Tamar, your daughter-in-law, has played the role of a prostitute, and she is with child because of her immorality. So Judah said, Bring her out and let her be burned to death as punishment. While she was being brought out, she took the things Judah had given her and sent them along with a message to her father-in-law, saying, I am with child by the man to whom these articles belong. And she added, Please examine them carefully and see clearly to whom these things belong, the seal and the cord and staff. Judah recognized the articles and said, She has been more righteous in this matter than I because I did not give her to my son Shelah as I had promised. And Judah did not have intimate relations with her again. Now when the time came for her to give birth, there were twins in her womb. And when she was in labor, one baby put out his hand, and the midwife took his hand and tied a scarlet thread on it, saying, This one was born first. But he pulled back his hand, and his brother was born first. And she said, What a breach you have made for yourself to be the firstborn. So he was named Perez, breach, break forth, is supposed to be the meaning. Afterward, his brother, who had the scarlet thread on his hand, was born and was named Zerah, brightness. So this... This with Judah and Tamar is interesting in that both of his sons were doing evil and then he was worried that his other son would be struck down by God. But then he didn't treat her correctly. He didn't do what he should have. And so in the end, she tricked him. She tricked him and got, you know, she got the children for her husband that she wanted. 
um, I guess for both her husbands in a way. Um, but it's kind of funny that there's her second husband. Well, the second brother did not do right by her either. So it's, it's funny that they were trying their best not to give her, I guess, children in a weird way. Um, and then, you know, but like I said, she tricked them. She, she got Judah. And then she was, you know, and he did not have relations with her again. But notice his wife is dead too. So, um, and this is kind of, this is a sad story, but it's, uh, it's good that Judah recognized that, uh, she had done correctly and that he had done wrong. You know, um, she had, how did he say that? Let me say this here. She has been more righteous than I because she was just trying to, you know, have children for her son, for her husband. That's all she was trying to do, which was a big thing for them in their customs and in their, uh, the way they lived and uh, in their beliefs. So that was a big deal to her to, to have that family and have that family line continue on as her husband's children. So even though in a way it was her husband's dad's children in the end, but still that would, I, I can see how to some degree, you know, I kind of understand their idea of trying to keep the family line going and things and trying to make it so the wife, because they, they believed in marrying and not necessarily remarrying. It doesn't, at least it doesn't sound like it, you know. Um, I'm not saying you couldn't remarry. I'm just saying it didn't sound like that was like the most acceptable thing. It didn't sound like that was the best thing, uh, in their, um, in their customs and in their, their way of, of living. I noticed they were going to burn her to death as punishment for being immoral. Um, but then when Judah finds out that she, you know, it was with him, then he feels differently about it. So that's, it's kind of, you know, it's, it's, um, it's quite a, a sad story and quite different. Uh, it does show how we should always make sure that we are living up to our word, uh, following and doing what we should be doing. Um, you know, we should, we should practice what we preach too. You know, don't be, uh, don't be hypocritical, you know, cause in a way, here he goes to be with a prostitute. He, he thought she was a prostitute. Now, so he was immoral, but you know why? He was going to burn her to death because he thought. She was immoral. I don't. There's a lot to get here. That's like, yeah. So he was right when he said, "Wait, she's been more righteous in this than I." You know that that kind of struck him, and that's correct because he did not do what he had promised. He did not follow through like he should have. So anyway, I mean, there's there's a lot here if you just think about it, um, because here he was being immoral, and yet. You know, she almost died just to try to have children for his son, really. That's what she was doing. So, just something to think about. It's a lot. There's a lot there. Um, and that's, you know, I think it says quite a bit about us as people in that sometimes we make promises, but then we're being, like it said, he was being deceptive. He was afraid that if Sheila should marry her, he too might die. So. You know, he was trying to save his, his final son, I guess. So, but, you know, that was not the correct way. You know, it would have been better to teach his final son to do correctly by her. Um, but nonetheless, 
That is Genesis chapter 38. I want to thank you for listening. I hope you have a wonderful day. May God bless you and keep you safe always. And remember, God loves you.